<laughs> yeah. So, good evening to you, Dennis. That's you. And to you. I have returned to the Northern Hemisphere, to the bloody fucking winter. Yeah, for the which, Australian summer. In which we are now in happy hour, but uh, man, did I love the summer. The whole idea that you can get on a plane and then in 30 hours be in a different season is kind of messed up. Kind of great, huh? Well, it's kind of great when you're going the right way. When you're going the right way, right. <laughs> and what were the temp there, 70s? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's so pleasant. Short sleeves, short, short shorts, uh, so beach weather. Did you... Uh, did you see any golf courses? I don't imagine you played. Did you see any? I on the way from the from downtown Sydney to the airport, you do pass a golf course, and I saw Great. a golf course, and I, oh, and I pined for the fairways, but uh, I, you know, it was just a moment. Wasn't in the cards. Wasn't in the cards. Wasn't in the cards or the golf carts. Yeah, well, the, cards. the uh, it's a tough one when you travel, and I've done it many times with my own clubs. And many times without my own clubs, mm-hmm. and without my own clubs is a whole lot harder. So I ended up not doing it if I had to rent clubs. Well, I would. I don't know. On the on the other hand, without your clubs, feels. I don't know. Uh, like you're, like it's available as an option as a thing to do. With yeah. them. With, with without, I would think. Um, so let's see. Uh, looking at the Google Maps, I passed two. There are two golf courses on the way from downtown Sydney to the airport. One is uh, the Greens, North Sydney, and the other no, that's not a golf course. Well, no, and the other is um, Camaray Golf Club. Although, judging from the map, there can't be more than nine holes there. Right. So the. The uh, when we recorded the last episode in Australia, it was nine thirty in the morning. Yes, about this time, and so coming back, you would ordinarily, if you were in, in Sydney, yes, would think that today was Tuesday already. But instead, you've been forced to endure a two-day long day, considering the time zone. Uh, yes, it feels like. Is it a twelve-hour difference? It's ten hours, which is close enough. So. Yeah, but that's that. But that twelve hours spans over a, a night and a day, so it actually covers two days. Yeah, both so, the night of one day and then the morning of yes, another. I, I exactly left, the opposite time zone. I Just, I left at five p.m. and thirty hours later, it was noon the next day. So that was uh, right uh, seventeen hours plus uh, the ten, and it was uh, yeah messed up right so and so here you are and here i am back in espana more or less coherent as we will see as we go through the rest of this episode as coherent as i can be listen don't don't set your goals too high all okay, right well we'll just we'll just just set your sights low over uh, you know under promise over deliver don't uh we'll do we'll do don't expect any cleverness anytime in the next 45 minutes on my side just, or your side it, it is on both sides okay well, let's yes. So, wait, wait to lower the bar for the listener. There to, we go. You there know, go. just go ahead. And, and now they're thinking. Skip well, this episode. Geez, I, 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 I hope not. I can't wait to find out. We hope, or they say, "Oh, really?" Click. Well, uh, those that skip this episode 
will have missed something that we will soon, soon see. Discover. Yes, discover. Yes. So I have, I have a uh, cerveza oh. that I will open now. Mm. <laughs> have you seen these news reports that some stupid percentage of Americans, like 20% or something, are afraid of buying Corona beer because they're afraid of the coronavirus. I don't blame them. How? I don't blame how? them. Hey, it's a plot. It's a plot, and they figured it out. It's a plot it's by the by the dirty Democrats to uh, to oust our leader. It's another, another hoax. Yeah. Another hoax. The whole pandemic is basically a hoax. The Democrats are trying to give you... He says... He well, says, thank... He thank, says it's not... <laughs> Thank, thank Jesus, we have the right leader in charge with, oh, Mike, yeah. with Mike Pence. Oh, Mike Pence. He's yeah. going to pray this shit away. He doesn't, he doesn't believe in science to no. begin with. Why, why would you need science if you have Jesus? Oh, Lord. Like, exactly. Exactly my point. So he will pray away this uh, because, you know, in China, in China, they're not big on Jesus. And where did the virus come from? Yeah. Yep. There you go. There you go. That's the... There we have it. Yes. Uh, I rest there my you go. There you go. There, there, there I go. There you go. There, there we all go. There you go. But, but, but for you, go I. My big, my big fat Greek wedding, the father of the, of the bride in, in question fixed everything with a squirt of Windex. Right. right. And also could tell you how every American word, every American noun and whatever could be traced back to the Greek. And at the end, of this innumerable two types of references, he would say. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's a good clip in there somewhere. Yes. You could. He does. I bet you he does it six, eight times in that movie. It'd be a nice clip to slap it all together. What a marvelous character! You can remind us in the show notes about his name and whatnot. But what lovely uh, Kazan was played his wife. Oh my God, so great. Yeah, that that movie was. Uh, appeared just before my big fat Spanish wedding. Uh, so it was uh, where you got a lot of your ideas. It was it was it was appropriate to set expectations. However, uh, well, I think my wedding was way better than that movie, but whatever. <laughs> what? He don't eat meat? Oh, you can't. You no. There's no. There's no uh, vegetarians allowed in Spain. You can't uh, oh, imagine. Yeah, I looked at a I looked at a menu the other day, and uh, it was the best food in any the best uh, maybe the best main dish in any country, whatever. And they showed a grilled a chicken from Brazil, and I thought about these countries that have been Brazilian chicken, mm-hmm. you know, demonstrating these culinary, you know, miracles over the centuries. Yep, Spain, you know. <clears throat> Spain among you know, all through yes. Europe among many and uh, particularly delicious looking but I made up another gumbo the other day this this is more of a jambalaya and made up another batch so uh, what's the difference between, between gumbo and jambalaya besides the heart jum- gumbo is more like a stew and jambalaya is Pretty much a, a like a rice, a very very like a, a rice dish, but very 
remarkably full of uh, Stuff. vegetables and, and, and meats. Okay. Um, so it's it's drier. So you scoop it as opposed to ladle it. Can In you, gumbo, you would ladle. Is there a middle ground where you have a gumbalaya? That's what I that's what I just did. Gumbalaya. Yes, it was too loose to be a true jambalaya or a jumbo, but it also was too. So the the remarkable thing about these foods, these 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 kinds of stews that are so spicy and, and and rich in flavor, is that when you eat them and then chill them and chill them for a day or chill them for two, and you do them in a in a good pot mm -hmm. that you keep them in, the the value and the the magnitude and the just the breath of the taste magnifies after every day. So by the time you get to the last batch, not only is it the most flavorful, right. but it's also been reduced to much more of a porridge mm -hmm. rather than uh, a, a gumbo. A sludge and of flavor. Yet, and not yet a jambalaya. Uh -huh. But uh, remarkable nonetheless. And the shrimp never, shrimp and the big pieces of fish never break down. So in the saucier final version you still have good uh, tasteful chunks of the flesh of fish and uh shrimp i mean there must be some limit like you're you can't be defrost you can't in be in, enjoying your your gumbalaya from last year and be like wow this is way not better that, than no not without freezing it you mean like if you had a bat the size of your car <laughs> I'm just saying, like you say, every day it's better, but there must right, be right. some diminishing well, returns. I don't know. Point. I, I've never gone beyond the two or three days that the pot lasts, so I don't have any data on that. All right. But I know one thing for sure: it's within the three-day period. It also depends how frequently and how often you're cooking it. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to let it cool for five or six hours; it's another thing to let it cool overnight. And, you know, depending on your on your zone of cold, but shorter freezing. Uh, and I don't like to freeze. I don't like the refrigerator. But anyway, enough about that. Yum yum though. But I made a new one today. Is so going to be making a new one? Okay. I just yeah. There you go. That's my day. That writing and beautiful weather. Fifty fifty degrees out, sunny. Ooh, that's hot. I have a I have a bizarre Australian anecdote for you. Uh, so I, when we got together with the Australians, uh, I was, I was there amongst other non-Australians who were visiting and the Australians said, Hey, have you ever had a gay time? And we were like, no. And they said, Oh, you have to have a gay time. The gay time is the best. You have to, Hey, look tonight. I'll show you, I'll show you a gay time. And we were all like, okay. Don't know what you're talking about. Turns out, uh, gay time is a is a uh, ice cream uh, treat that is popular in Australia, and everyone in Australia, if you say gay time, they immediately are like, "Oh wow, gay, that gay time is the best," and it's so like like they wh whoever created this marketing concept of naming it that and maybe it predates uh the use of gay for for homosexuality and it was just a happy time or whatever but uh man it was it was so weird being uh with having everyone say 
oh yeah, you have to have a gay time. Let's have a gay time. Oh, I had a gay time last night. Oh, yeah, you, you and I. G- yeah. 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 So and and it is, you know, it's it's a it's a common. Uh, How was it? Uh, it was amazing. I yeah, very well. much I very much enjoyed my gay time. And what was it on a stick? It's it's a it's a it's a ice cream on a stick with um with sort of a cookie crumble around the outside. Uh huh. Vanilla it, on the inside. Yeah. Was, yeah. And it was it was just fantastic. Crunchy. It was the outside was crunchy. Wow! Can't beat it. So it, can't beat it. Well, I can't do it anymore. My <laughs> it put me into a coma. <laughs> but it sounds great. I I used OD on ice cream. Oh my god! Well, back in the day. Exactly. So it was. Uh, oh yeah. I can imagine. It was, I really can. It was lovely. Uh, and, you know, then you have to I mean, go you and have, tell your friends. Did you eat one or just one? Or did you then I only, say, I, got, I only had I one. Gotta have another. I, I was, right. some, someone bought me a gay time and I, uh, I enjoyed it. Did you want another one right away or did you know that it was sufficient? No. Was it that good that you're like, oh man, I could do another one? I mean, uh, for sure, gay time, yes. Uh, it was, it was, at the time, it was, it was enough. Let's just say. Oh yeah. Okay. So. Well, let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Then. And um, I will include a link in the show notes. At. Wait a second. Happyhour.fm slash zero five zero. Fifty. Fifty. Are we wow. at fifty? Yeah. That's pretty wild. So. Yeah. I will link it. I will link to. Well, and the the actual brand is called Golden Gay Time. <laughs> which is even better which is which means which means that you're gay and old <laughs> which is, is or that you're two, is two things to consider yes so the, the the wikipedia article says uh uh golden gay time is a popular ice cream snack made and distri- distributed by blah 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 in in australia uh, it was released in 1959 Huh. It's a toffee and vanilla ice cream dipped in a compound chocolate and wrapped in. Well, what honey. you're saying about the name makes some sense, circle-wise, exactly. because it's then a, gay. It was happy, just simply happy. Exactly, and then it says it's the most frequent use of the word. Yes, and then it says its, its name has survived intact, regardless of the possible homosexual connotations in modern decades. So does it say that in the Wikipedia? You're making that. No, it says it, its name has survived intact. Regardless of the possible homosexual connotations in modern decades, it's interesting. I'm well, I mean, you're surprised to hear that there were homosexual connotations about having a gay time in your no, mouth. No, I'm here. No, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm surprised that Wikipedia mentions that. Oh, Wikipedia is is very down to earth on uh, on all uh, cultural mm, aspects of life, so to speak. So, so to speak. There's a funny thing going around that you sent me that the biggest kick of it was not only its subject matter, but its length. And with Donald Trump saying, as he does quite a bit, something, anything, when he's talking about money, everything's big and it's billions and billions and billions. How long is that tape? Billions and 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 billions 
predates his. Well, I don't know if it predates his presidency, but it's but it it's an it's an old clip. It's not new. Uh, interesting. Interesting, but it's quite. But the I don't mean. Uh, what, and how long is it? I mean. It, oh, it's um several minutes long. If you're just saying billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions. It's, oh, it's it's because he likes to say big numbers, and big numbers don't lie because they're big. They're big. Everything's big. So before I went to Australia. I said that I might buy a boomerang, and but not a didgeridoo. And when I was there, I actually witnessed uh, an, Aborig- an Aborigine uh, discussing the didgeridoo and about how uh, stupid the white man was for coming in and hearing apparently what they, what they do through that long tube is sing. And that one of the songs that they sing, one of the one of the common songs that they sing, sounds like didgeridoo, and the and the white men so many years ago came and said, "Well, that's we're going to call that a didgeridoo." Uh, but what do they call it? Uh, some other word that I've since forgotten because a stick. I'm hollow stick. No, there's a there's a word. I could look it up. I will put it in in the show notes. Um, but uh, but I did. In the, uh, admittedly, because it was the only place that was available uh, in the airport, I bought a uh, a decorative uh, boomerang. Oh, which I will show. Uh, decorative meaning that you can't throw it or you don't. Uh, so hold on. So I bought uh-huh. this lovely thing. It oh. is shaped like a boomerang and it is beautifully painted, and. I had to buy one for my children as well. And my son immediately said, let's go out and throw this. Uh, which was a reasonable response from a young boy. And uh, as I suspected, it's entirely decorate, uh, decorative. Decorative. And So you uh, threw it and it just kept it, going straight and it, landed. It flies like a stick. Like a... <laughs> Goodbye, Dad. What, and did why did you end up settling for that? Because you didn't think of it till you're at the airport. No, or there didn't were have time there, or there were no uh, boomerang shops in Sydney. In all of Sydney, no. You couldn't it, buy a boomerang. In Sydney. It was really it was really hard to find anything remotely touristy. Like I had to go to a zoo where I could where where they would sell me. Um, Little little stuffed uh, kangaroos or koala bears or, some, or something. How many of those you get? Got one per child. One uh, koala stuffed koala. But I did, I did, uh, I did tour the zoo, this little tiny zoo in inside the city, uh, and I did pay an extra five uh, Australian dollars, which is which are like. For U.S. dollars, to to enter and take selfies and stuff with a little koala bear. Oh, and are you gonna post one or two? I I will share. I will I will send one or two to you. Oh, and the koala so so koala bears are the most cuddly looking motherfuckers. Like you really want to hug them, <laughs> but they have but they have uh, claws that are longer than my fingers. 
Uh, so, like, they, they, they look just like the most adorable thing that you want to hug, but they have these claws that look like they could just... Uh, Tear you in hand. Just rip... Cut you like... Yes. Slice you like bread. Right. So, like, I, it's, I more or less uh, understand that they use those claws to climb the trees where they eat the leaves and stuff, but... Nonetheless. Nonetheless. And, and also... Also, I've heard that koalas are pretty much the the dumbest mammals that that exist. Like they're is that so? They're really, really stupid. Like they. Huh? You're gonna get some mail for saying that. Like, like, like what? They can't. They can't understand. If they listen, they're so dumb. They won't understand what you're saying, are they? Like, I don't want to piss off the entire koala bear nation. Yeah, but like, like calling them dumb. But like all these people. But like I'm saying. Like we're comparing them to sheep and cows, they're dumber than sheep and 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 mice. Uh-huh. Like they're really f- just really fucking stupid. <laughs> they just sit there and put leaves in their mouths and blah blah. It's just just no. There, there's no there there. Uh, there's no bear there. There's no bear there. Uh, exactly. Put that on the back of a t-shirt. <laughs> so they have they have low quality control. <laughs> they're of they're of oh, low Lord. quality. <laughs> there may be well, quantity, and, but and, the quality. Here, aren't you glad that that we didn't predict that you'd be clever? Because here you are clever, and it's only been one time in forty minutes. <laughs> well, so I I'm glad we didn't predict a, a, an avalanche of cleverness. More, more, more clever that than was, a, that was clever. More clever than a koala bear, yes. So, uh that's how things are. So you tell me a story about your week. What have you done? Anything? Uh, nothing. I didn't do it. Nothing. Did you crash your car? Did you build a thing on your house? <laughs> what have you done? Uh, let's see. I went to an art show. My uh, cousin was there. She had a, a booth. And her nep- her uh, her son, my nephew, cousin nephew, mm-hmm. Andy, was there. Great to see them. Great artwork. And you know they have these art shows. There are 104 booths there, and everybody had stuff they made, clothing, jewelry, painting, sculpture, just 104 booths. And it's in a civic center type place called the Expo Center. And uh, 104 booths. Well, it runs for a full day, and it starts at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning and runs until 4. There's a big push, big lines in certain places, including my cousins. And and then it's busy all morning, and then there's lunch, and then in the afternoon it starts out busy. But then starting about 2.30, 3 o'clock, people stop coming because it costs five bucks to get in. And that's when everything starts to go on sale because nobody wants to pack this stuff up. So Andy, last year, got a clock that was carved out of wood that stood four foot by four foot square. It was selling for $850, $900. He ended up walking away with it for like 150 bucks. And this year, there was this astounding print of this original painting that the artist did mm-hmm. of uh, a, a, a band, uh, either bluesy, jazzy, rhythm and bluesy band, a large band, playing in somebody's backyard in these really colorful colors. But it was uh, it was a four and a half by four and a half size print. Okay. You know, and it would just kill a room. Hundreds of dollars, blah, blah, blah. Can't, and it's big. They don't want to pack it. We got it for 40 bucks. 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, some amazing stuff and such beautiful things. Hand-carved boxes and wood, you know, pieces of wood with drawers built into them and benches and jewelry and, you know, just some cool stuff. So that was fun. You didn't buy uh, anything? I didn't have any money. Well. Didn't have any money. That, last year. That's a good way to year, not buy anything. Yeah, last year. I bought this. That I remember that from episode uh, probably three or four, the uh, Virgin Mary holding hope in her hands with uh, stuff. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I look for her, that artist. I'll uh, because it, that might have been exactly one year ago, actually, at that same place. It, actually, it was. Actually, it was. Well, look at that. Because huh. it's the same time every year. Well, look at that. Makes my makes my voice go high. Yeah. Imagine that. You know your voice goes high when you. Imagine that. Hey, hey, uh, you know you kind of. Hey, hon, did did you happen to see that bottle of scotch that I had? Did you happen to notice the uh, the uh, crack in the bumper? Eh? No, honey. That would never be a question. <laughs> no, that's that's the response would be. What? What? I, what? I, I don't recall anything about that. What? What? I don't. What? I don't know. I, what? I don't recall anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then, and then, and then it dropped down. To, oh. oh. Well, that, that that's nothing. What? That. What? Yeah. I, uh, that ain't no thing, baby. That ain't no thing, baby. That ain't no thing. baby. Yeah. So, uh, I saw a couple movies on my flights that we could talk about. I go ahead. Uh, Number one. Number one. I saw the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Ah, uh, I haven't seen it. Which is like pure testosterone, uh, manly man man movie. Yeah. Uh, and which is like there's only so many ways you can you can film a race movie. And they did a they did a great job. It was yeah. it was as good as you could you could do, and it was, you know, if there's only so many shots you can do of the driver shifting gears and accelerating, right, etc. Right, 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 um, right. But it was it it was it was good. It was um, to my to my man brain, it was very pleasing. Uh, I don't know that it would please other people quite so much, but uh, it was okay. What was the other movie? Uh, the other movie I saw was one called Lucy in the Sky, which was about, um, you know, given that my astronaut's pseudo-acquaintance that we've discussed before has recently returned to Earth, uh, it was about the it was about a female astronaut who returned to Earth and found Earth sort of wanting, like less interesting than being in space. Huh. Uh, the protagonist was played by um, Natalie Portman. Oh. Uh, who had just the worst, the worst haircut the whole, the whole movie. But it turns out if you're really, really beautiful as a, as if you have a beautiful face, it doesn't matter how hair, terrible your haircut is. That's true with her. Uh, and that was true of, of many people, but uh, yes, for sure, for in this movie. There you go. To her. 
Yes. To her. <clears throat> and uh, it was... It, it was the... I, I like the movie where... I like movies where the protagonist sort of has mental, psychological problems and not... I wouldn't say necessarily goes insane, but has Trouble. has troubles. troubles. Uh, I like that type of movie. Uh, and this was pretty good about that, although... I think they could have done more with what it means to come back to Earth. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they could have done more, but it was uh, it was an interesting movie. I wouldn't I wouldn't really recommend that someone go and pay for it, but uh, if you have it on a streaming service or something, uh, yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, and, did you end up? Sorry, go ahead. No, and uh, of course the protagonist was named Lucy. Of course, and you'll never. Did you say the movie never, with us? You'll never guess the uh, the Beatles song that they had as a soundtrack. Oh, really? Yes, it was. Of course, um, let it be. No. no. <laughs> LSD. Or, or, as as is, as is the way that astronauts go into space now. Uh, back in the USSR would be appropriate. But anyway. Uh, but that wasn't it either. No. Anyway, what were you saying? Um, I wondered if you ended up saying uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We, I, I saw that and we discussed it. Did we? Yeah, we did. Oof, when, when, I, when I saw it. But it, 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 is, it is available on the, uh, oh, uh, in, on the airplanes. But yes. Sh- right. Well. Oh, so I went to go see uh, Parasite. Did you? I yes. I have acquired that movie uh, because it I found it, but I don't have subtitles, which makes it hard to watch. Impossible. Yes. It's it is one of the most unique movie experiences I've ever had. Well, as it should be, given that it's the first foreign language uh, best picture winner. There's a reason for that. Right. There is a reason for that. So, um, but anyway, that that's a good one to talk about. And the soon to be released, the Ray Donovan movie, the really? two hour, there is... two hour HBO, uh, at least a two hour HBO episode to, to call it down. They had to make these decisions before they tore the sets down, and before they had trouble with actor schedules. Right. Because if they didn't make a decision quickly, it was going to be very expensive. It was already expensive. That's one of the most expensive series, series TV series shot. Really? Because of the, yeah, it's just so many stunts. And and they moved from L.A. to New York City and very expensive. And so it was like shit or get off the pot. And what uh, Leo Schreiber did was he wrote to the fans, and to millions, and it was overwhelming. And, of course, the, the cha-chang, cha-chang, the, the corporate saw that there was money to be made right and it actually put the actors in quite a good spot to be able to negotiate the, the final because they were blindsided to a good extent but i can't wait for it because you can you can you can uh google this uh 10 questions unanswered that are just so spot on that i couldn't agree more if i were to sit down and think of them but i really i, I really love it that it gives the storyline for the final two hours is just understanding those ten interwoven uh, questions. I can't wait. Yeah. But, uh, there, there are so many, there's so many TV shows that finish with unanswered questions. Uh, well, and, 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 and in fact, I could live with those unanswered questions if 
that's what the screenwriters Wanted. and the actors had wanted. Right. But they didn't. Now they have the chance. Now, I hold out the possibility that I may not, like, maybe it'll be a letdown. I mean, like, look at, uh, you know, I said this about in Game of Thrones, the ending was a letdown, but, right. but it could. It could not be up to what you imagined. Well, and it wouldn't be the first TV show that and that finished with a with a movie, like uh, there was a, there was an X Files movie after after that TV show ended, like several years later they every, yeah. all the actors came back and and it was so uh, unmemorable that I can't recall anything that happened in that in that movie, but right. uh, I remember going to it, but pff, yeah, it. Um, We'll see. I still am way behind on, on, on the Ray. Oh, yeah. Well, there's 65 episodes. I mean, it's, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's well worth your time. I've, uh, I've been watching The New Pope, which uh, is one of the most outlandish, outrageous freaking movies shot within the Catholic, about the Catholic Church. It is just so sexual. And, Wait, is, is, is that the is that the Brazilian one? The Brazilian uh, director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, and, where, but, where it was it was banned in, in Brazil because it was so um, outrageous. Well, yeah, outrageous. Unorthodox, shall we say? Jude Law plays the Pope. He's the uh, he was the young Pope, and then when the series was upped again, uh, no spoiler here. They they had end of the series he was in a coma and they began the new series called The New Pope starring John McElveck um, called The New Pope Mm -hmm. and it takes place while the old Pope is still in a coma breathing and The New Pope John McElveck is dealing with what Popes have to deal with John Malkovich yes plus the outrageous uh, sexual allegations that are going on in the world and and the, and the degree of homosexuality in the Vatican. Um, and so the whole series is just completely sexualized um, and pretty astounding, pretty astounding. So that, that, that came out last night. I can watch that tonight if I want to. Or the other new episode. But go ahead. Speaking of John Malkovich... Uh, when I was just, I, like when you, when, when you, when you wake up on the airplane and there's two hours until landing, uh, and I was not going to go back to sleep. I was very much aware that I needed to choose a movie to watch, uh, that would, that would fit in those two hours. And I found one that starred John Malkovich and I can't find it now. Um, yeah, it was. It was called "Burn After Reading." Have you heard of this? It uh, from two thousand eight. It it uh, it's it's from the the Coen Brothers, uh, as directors and writers, uh, starring George Clooney and Brad Pitt and John Malkovich and Tilda Swinton, uh, and Francis McDonald McDonald. Oh yes, 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 it, yes. It, it was this this sort of. Uh, very Coen Brothers uh, mess of uh, people thinking that stuff is important when it really isn't in just this this whole mess of uh, pseudo uh, CIA spy stuff that was really quite funny like 
I, I don't know that I would like, I, I think I might've seen a little bit of this before, uh-huh. but, um, burn this after you read it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, burn after reading, burn after reading. And it's, it's a, um, it, so Brad, Brad Pitt is a, uh, is a personal trainer at a gym. Yeah. Sort of this doofus, yes. uh, yes. bro type. Yes. I remember it. And yes, I remember it. And, and everyone is having an affair with everyone else. And it's just. And this, doesn't he start out as a human billboard? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. But hanging on a hanging on a ladder on the side of a building, doing exercises. Possible. Right. Yes, possibly. Gymnastics. But but it's it's and George Clooney is just this this uh, doofus uh, government playboy he's, type. He's very funny. Yes, he, he's yeah. very funny. I, I I he has a better. Timing a comedy than 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 very than very many than, than, than most yes. than most. But oh, anyway, God, that that was a that was a pretty hilarious. Uh, I'd like to see that again. I've only seen it once. It was I like I think I might have seen it before, but uh, it was it was very very good. And uh, let's see, it's it's after Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which is uh, Clooney's big um, Coen Brothers debut. But uh, yeah, it was it was very very. The, 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 first of all, it was like, what am I watching? And then it was like, I can't, I can't look away. Right, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> so George Clooney, we're in a tight spot. Yes. Very funny. Is it catchphrase? Very funny. I love the the the, uh, the sensual scene on the river with the the three muses who uh, seduced the men, and 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 Clooney believed that the other character was turned into a frog. You're talking about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, <laughs> which John Goodman ends up smashing against a tree. It's 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 pretty classic stuff. I, I can't wait to read uh, Burn After Reading again. I remember it. I, and I saw Francis where I was last night. Um, oh, uh, Raising Arizona. With uh, that, that is a classic. Nicholas Cage and Holly Hunter. Yep. Um, I haven't seen and, that in a long time, but well, I saw the beginnings of it, and I just got tired, so I went to bed. I cut it off. Um, but it's it's got a great soundtrack. I think it's Nicholas Cage, one of his best, to, to say the least. He I, was, from what I've heard, uh, in general, people are in agreement with that. Yes. Is that so? Yep. Everyone says that's one of that's one of his best. That's also Coen Brothers, right? I I believe it is. I may not have recognized it as such, but I thought yesterday that it must be. Raising Arizona, beep, beep, beep. Yep, Coen Brothers. That, that might have been the one of their first. Where, because that was 1987. That, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, very funny. And Holly Hunter, I mean, they were both so young. Right. Holly Hunter is always funny, you know. She's she says in this movie that she talks her husband into stealing one of the one of those the five quintuplets that are born <laughs> because it isn't fair that somebody has so many and they can't have none. And he climbs up a ladder and steals one of them. And the last name of the baby is Arizona. The daddy's name is Nate mm-hmm. Nathan Arizona. But that's <laughs> he does it because he is dumber than a sloth. <laughs> Well, that's that's. Oh, and to have to have him start hitting on the cop who's taking his mug shots, 
is such a hilarious premise. Right. You know, Chad, talk about swagger. You know. <laughs> oh, too too funny. He's had a storied career. I, I haven't I haven't really been able to see him in movies where he has to speak with a British accent or he's acting like he's a wizard or any of those things. I just cannot I can't see him in those parts and appreciated it. Maybe I'm not trying hard enough, but you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, he's Nicholas Cage is one of those actors that I don't know. He's a, a little bit like uh, Keanu Reeves, where he has his character, and it's more or less impossible for him for him to break out of it. But like, it's, that's not an insult because, for example, Al Pacino is also always Al Pacino uh, right. in, in all of his movies. Uh, so. It's, I don't know. Uh, so apparently there's a there's a new um, there's a new series with Al Pacino uh, on Amazon Prime, where the, uh, it's called Hunters, I think. Yes. Where yes. it's they're hunting Nazis, which is sort of like how how low hanging fruit can you get uh, for being approved of? With, with with violence, it's like it's a little bit like how uh, the zombie genre, like how can we have a how can we have a thing that we can kill uh, mercilessly and it'd be okay? Well, zombies are there, right? And then you got un- and then you have Nazis as, as well. They're undead, right? And uh, but I but I've heard that um, that there's a lot of pushback from the Jewish community that uh, this this TV show underplays or misrepresents the Holocaust in general and what, uh, what that was. Uh, but uh, uh, I have not se- yet seen a whole... I've not seen an episode. I've seen the trailer. The, trailer, the trailer was like, eh. A little bizarre. Yeah. I thought the trailer was bizarre. I don't think... I couldn't match the music and some of the pace of it with some of the scenes of it and from a previous trailer, which wasn't like that at all. The yeah. first trailer wasn't this hard punching, rockarama kind of. You know, I wonder if one of the, the things about it is it's it's taken advantage of and glamorizing, or I don't know. We'll uh, see. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Trailers. Yeah, trailers are trailers. Trailers have to have to give you that punch of excitement. Right. Whether or not is it hard is is it harder for you because you grew up in one? In a trailer. Or in a punch of excitement. <laughs> No, and you both. I, I I drank the punch of excitement, and here I am at Happy Hour. Dot FM slash zero five zero. Whoa! Punch of excitement right in your face. Wow. Punch! <laughs> Boom! Oh, so you sent me some other stuff this week. What did you send me? Fuck if I know. Uh, well. <laughs> Much to well, first of all, you totally predicted that when we got to South Carolina in the Democratic primary, that Joe Biden would take it all, and that Pete Buttigieg would fall on his face and have to exit the race. Which today, I guess, as we record, which 
for our listeners will be two weeks ago, I guess, uh, has happened. And yeah. When you're right, you're right. So exactly. and Amy Klobuchar well, dropped well, out too. Which when you're, when you're right, you're right. I'm rarely right. But when, when, when I mean, you're right, you're right. And sometimes I'm left. Yes. There's a joke about that somewhere. What was it? Well, you know who's left is Bernie. <laughs> He's all who's left. Elizabeth Warren is going to fight all the way to the convention, which helps Joe Biden tremendously because that means the progressive side of the party is split, just like the moderate side of the party has been split, now reduced by everybody but Mr. Moneybags, Mr. Bloomberg, Mr. Mayor Bloomberg. He actually cut a commercial that admitted that he did poor in debates and asked the question, would you rather have somebody who talks about it or somebody who gets it done? Mike, he gets it done. He, he rented three minutes of, of time on all the major stations last night to address the nation on the uh, uh, epidemic, the pandemic that's going on worldwide. Rented three minutes mm -hmm. to talk about it. And he's going to come in uh, a distant third somewhere. Elizabeth Warren and he are going to be tangled in the in the teens, probably in the, in the low teens. Right. And for all the money that he would have spent, which by then will be over two uh, oh my God! He's spending seven million a day. So what could he? What could he do to help the actual people that need it with that money? Well, well, it's actually interesting because I don't have any doubts that in terms of the qualities, the the governing qualities of a president, and the managerial and administrative leadership skills that a president have to have, that Mike Bloomberg would probably knock it out of the ballpark. The problem that Mike Bloomberg has is that he has run a very stupid campaign. He foolishly didn't get in when he should have got in. He then foolishly decided to get in after South Carolina, which anybody knows is the state that is most responsible for selecting the eventual Democratic nominee. You know that. I know that. Why didn't Bloomberg, with all his money, know that and instead wait till Super Tuesday and basically concede that state? To maybe they're stupid enough to say whomever, but I would have said, of course, it'd be their quasi-favorite son, Joe Biden. I know that. Why doesn't Bloomberg know that with all his money? It's a fatal error. He's done after Super Tuesday. He's vowing to, 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 to move on. He wants to be a fucking kingmaker, but he's also pledged to give up all of his fucking state offices throughout the country through the end of the election for the and pay for all the staff, no matter who the candidate is. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. He should do that sooner rather than later. The moment he drops out and he puts his money behind Joe Biden, boom. He's, he, he seems so uh, out of touch, I guess I want to say. Like he is a how, he is a he is low social skills. How, how could anyone how could anyone watch him speak and be like, yeah, He's my friend that will fight for me. Um, so the way that you need to know the only part of him that might be replicable of that, there is commercials. Otherwise, Which he's very seen. bland. He's very bland. He's very mild. He almost seems bored. He is arrogant. He is used to being in charge. He, he, he looks like half the time like you're wasting his time. He doesn't have good social skills. His voice is rather pitched. He's a short man. So it's it's and, like and he's got he's got short man's disease, if if you want to be blunt about it. It's Napoleon fucking esque. 
So it whatever. Uh, so he's like Trump, but with no charisma, because Trump, you know, for all of his faults, he's got charisma. He's got people like to watch him talk, but some people. But Bloomberg is, I mean, and the and the rest of us like to watch him try to talk. Uh, but. Right. But well, but, so listen. This is the deal: is that it's like Bloomberg, Bloomberg is like yawn. Uh, Bloomberg, whatever. He didn't successfully run New York City for three terms because of the way that he talked. It wasn't because of his ability to give speeches. It was him using his sixty-six billion dollar empire to not only run, allow him to run the government with that business sense. But as I probably mentioned in another episode, was that putting hundreds of millions of his own money into things that help the city thrive, the nonprofits, right. the museums. He was totally committed as a rich mayor to be a good mayor and to be a philanthropist. And he settled political argument after political argument. When he had to cut services, he could put his own money into the nonprofits that would replace those services. Right. He was a brilliant wealthy strategist with $66 billion. He could fill Yankee Stadium stadium, right. with every single person there being a millionaire. Wow. So that's yeah. but you, but, but he's running a shitty election or a shitty primary. Right. But, but that's, that's not the way you get elected president. You have to be talked about and interesting and, uh, that's maybe one of the reasons which that is one of, to get which, late. Is, which is one of the problems with the whole system, right? Well, it, in, in some respects, but I will tell you this, that it would it would be smart to skip the stupid caucuses, Iowa and New Hampshire, of course, and not a terrible idea to skip Nevada. Although in Nevada, your, your wealth might, might count as something, and it is a more representative state. But it is a caucus, and so my rule of thumb is fuck the caucuses. Go to a primary that's managed to standards the by the election clerk's office, as opposed to the caucus that's run by the freaking local party. That's what happened in Iowa, New Hampshire, et cetera. But skip all that. No, he, he, he needed to be in this race by the time he got to South Carolina. And he should have done what Tom Steyer did, even though it failed for Tom Steyer, which is put a brunt of his money there and camp out there. Right. And much to Steyer's remarkable credit, he's vowed to stay in South Carolina keep his headquarters open and continue to work on behalf of the Democratic ideals and the very proposals that he pledged he would help with. He was going to put his millions in South Carolina because he fell in love with the state. It's a beautiful story. Got class. Steyer's got class, but it just got more judgment. He actually led the, the, the smart thinking and the absolute obvious truth that there's no path to the presidency. And because of that, you're, you're at this point forward, you're a vanity candidate. If there's no path there, get out of the way. If you meant what you said, mm -hmm. which is that the moderates have to band together to defeat Bernie Sanders so that we can win not just the presidency, but the Senate and the House, which, by the way, I said a little prayer for Joe Biden before he gave his speech after it was shown on the on the news networks that the, 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 the counties that he took, the blue, 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 ended up finally filling the entire map because he took every county in the state. Mm -hmm. And I said a little prayer and said, Joe, please say it's about the presidency and we have to have the Senate and keep the House. Show that clip 
That's what he said in the best speech the man has ever given in his life. So you prayed for his speech, and then he and then, and then delivered it, and then you accomplished him having that speech. Well, my you, prayer for him. many others, many well, others. Okay. I was wasn't the only one making this prayer. Okay. Well, I wasn't there. That's our well, prayers well were answered. And you know what James Clyburn said, the uh, local politician in South Carolina, the state politician who uh, no, is the kingmaker. You, okay. He, he says as he introduces Joe Biden, this is a good man. He has his flaws, but you know him, you know his heart. He is a good man, mm -hmm. and he is going to be able to bring this nation back to goodness. And Joe Biden finally hit, finally hit, the great balance that he had to strike with his pain and grief and the loss of his son. Right. And he had to do it in such a way that it made sense in terms of what he was going to do as president, and he knocked that out of the ballpark. He he was a bit not tearful, but emotional. But the emotion was presidential, was, was ooh, and caring, and it was the contrast that Clyborne had introduced him to, had, had said well, as he introduced him. This is the the thing right. to make note of here, and so because of all the guffaws and the gaps and the oh my gods that have gone on. Uh, and he talked for moments about defeating Lindsey Graham and supporting uh, Jamie, uh, his name Alexander, I think we checked that, but, but supporting this black candidate. And it was like, so it's the race is on. I'm going to be president. I'm going to help with those down Senate races. Right. And we're going to start right here in South Carolina. And you can bet he'll be back there again and again and again to help defeat that freaking Whore, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, Lindsey Graham is a terrible human. I agree. Show, show in the show notes the wonderful commercial that this guy running for the Congress, running for the U.S. Senate, that he has. That he ha The only thing he says it at the end is that he approved this. It's Trump talking about Lindsey Graham and Lindsey Graham talking about Trump. All in the early days. And the How name of the of candidate them, is? Jamie uh, Alexander, I believe. That's No, that's from... That's from friends. <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to look it up and well, depending on, depending on my abilities to determine what the fuck Dennis is talking about at any given oh, moment, I will. Uh, that will be in the show or not. You're brighter than that. At least I thought you were. It shouldn't take you but a minute. Well, what Just I am is exhausted. Lindsey Graham, Senate opponent. I am very very sleepy, and I think it's time to say. Good night and happy hour to everyone. All right, well, it's quarter good, to good six night. here, so good night I'm to in all, good shape. And to all a good night. And you can listen and see the show notes where? Happyhour.fm slash 050. It's number 50. It's 50. We're halfway to 100, which is uh, relevant somehow. So. And on that clever note. I bet you would do. Well, good night, Dennis. Good night. Ah. Hey, that's it for episode 50. Thank you very much for listening. As always, you can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 050. And you can help us make this podcast by going to patreon.com slash happyhour. And give us a couple dollars every month. 
that really would make a difference in letting us continue to make this podcast for your enjoyment. Thank you very much, and I will see you next week.